Updated Guidance for Phase 2 and Phase 3 of the Federal Rule, a conversation with Penny Imes. Good afternoon and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who is interested to attend. Today, we will be talking about updated guidance for Phase 2 and Phase 3 of the Federal Rule. My name is Kathy Caudill. I'm a communications specialist with Quality Insights, and now I'd like to introduce our guest today, Penny Imes. Penny is a quality improvement specialist at Quality Insights. She started her nursing career in acute care before moving into long-term care. Her positions in long-term care have included staff development, dementia unit manager, registered nurse assessment coordinator, and director of nursing. She found the perfect combination for herself at Quality Insights, where she is able to work in quality improvement with long-term care nursing homes. So Penny, welcome, and thank you for joining us today to get us up to speed on these updates. And if you're ready, you can take it away. Thank you. And I am going to go ahead. The first thing that I'm going to do is share my screen with a webinar that we had done there we go. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Um, <laughs> since I'm sharing my screen, I, I won't promise that things will go exactly smoothly. But and, and as Kathy said, we wanted to have an opportunity to really talk about that QSO memo that's talking about those phase two and three updates. The actual surveyor training is going on the QSEP site that's planned for uh, the surveyors should be trained and updated so this won't be going into effect till September of this year, but we thought now's a good time to talk about it, bring things up and um, make sure that everyone is on board and see if there's any questions that we can answer now or anything that we could prepare for to maybe assist you moving forward. So the first thing that I'm going to do is go through an old presentation. Now, this is from 2017. It was the end of 2017. I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was a good idea just to do a quick review of that phase two and phase three and, and where that was implemented and then move into talking about how the guidance is starting to change. If you remember, the final rule was, was really a first overhaul of long-term care in a really long time. It had been since 1991, since really the regs for um, long-term care with state operations manual had been updated. Because of that, CMS was implementing, and doesn't this take you back to those pre-COVID days, which are so hard to remember anymore, but um, they were implementing it into three phases. And phase one, which was to be put into place November 28th, 2016, and all these dates are going to be mentioned again in the, in the updated guidance. So that was where it was really, they were taking the existing requirements that we were all familiar with in the state operations manual. And those that were relatively straightforward, all nursing homes were already doing them, you know, as part of the survey process. And then there were some minor changes to the survey process itself. Then they were moving into phase two, where it was all of those phase one requirements needed to be in place, but some of those areas that you needed a little bit more time to develop some foundational elements and, and the new survey process 
for everyone to understand it and how it was going to work. That was going to go into effect November 28th, 2017. And then there was phase three, where those things that would require a lot more time to implement and nursing homes needed to have a couple years to get them in place. And they were systems that, you know, were related to quality, um, having that infection preventionist on board. So, you know, going back in time, and, and we just had gone over some of the things, and these are all all the contents of your state operations manual. Like I said, phase one, it was really those things that you needed to have in place. And then phase two and phase three really built on that and just expanded. And of course, everything can be found in the federal register and just we'll review kind of where the training is going to be. So really, when we were giving this the end of it was December of um, 2017, everybody had already, you know, been kind of through phase one, which I know all of you need to be there anyway. All of these things need to have been in place that we're even going to talk about. So I'm just going to really quickly go through phase one, not even spend any time because these are all things that you should have had um, in place. With phase two, 2017, there were a lot more, there was going to be a lot more um, focus on that abuse, neglect, exploitation. And so that was one of those areas where we encouraged everybody incorporated into your policy and procedure, do education with your staff, make sure that they understand uh, the abuse, neglect. And as you're going to hear with the updated memo, there's even more focus on that. Again, the admission transfer discharge rights, those were the phase two, the person-centered care planning, which is where you really were, a lot of us, you know, a lot of nursing homes that I worked with were already implementing the person-centered care. And you were really looking at making sure that your, your care plan really identified and included the resident, their family members, that it was their goals that you incorporated that into every aspect of what you were doing. And then, of course, behavioral services was, again, that was one of those areas that CMS at that point in time for phase two that was was really focused on really starting to take a look at those mental disorders, the substance abuse disorders. I know a lot of nursing homes that I work with, um, you started to have some of that population where you were maybe getting some of the younger population or even the older population from a different generation where substance abuse disorder was something that everybody was looking at. In addition to the dementia you often see in in the elderly residents. And so there was that focus on behavioral health, making sure that that education was done. Staff was was prepared to provide the services that you had all your policies and procedures in place, and that you really were looking at um, those non-pharmacological interventions. So that was really where we were in that beginning of let's you know look at antipsychotic medications and behaviors and what can we do to to start that type of reduction. Again, that's the pharmacy services then were related to that, you know, not having those, those new psychotropic meds, that drugs that didn't meet the criteria and, and putting stops and limits on them, that sort of thing. I'm going to go through again, some of this rather quickly. I know there are areas that you all have in, in place. Oh, and then, you know, the big focus, I do want to mention the big focus, of course, on the community risk assessment, that all hazard approach, because that's something you're going to hear from us 
I think moving forward over and over again about making sure that you are doing that annual risk assessment and they're identifying those areas within your nursing home that really need special focus. Um, and, and that kind of goes back to, you know, if you have that population where they have the substance use disorder, that's something that you're going to want to focus on moving forward. And then, of course, building on the infection prevention and control antibiotic stewardship. And that's where you had to have that QAPI written plan that you could present to the surveyors. So that's kind of, and, and then there was the updates to compliance and ethics program for those nursing homes who, who didn't really have a well thought out program, they CMS really wanted to see that happening. And that became part of the state surveys. So all of those things were part of the phase two. As I said, they built on what you were already doing, but just a, a different focus. Then phase three came and that was that was right before the world changed completely, November of 2019, where phase three, you were starting to, uh, in addition to understanding that there was additional focus on abuse, neglect, and exploitation, you really needed to start utilizing that QAPI process um, to address any time that that occurred. Around the person-centered care, that's when we started to hear about trauma-informed care and culturally competent, making sure that, that all of those areas were addressed in our care plans. And, and you know, that, that acknowledgement that there were trauma survivors out there and talk about trauma survivors. Now we've been through COVID and that's added a whole new level of trauma, I think, to everybody. <laughs> and I think that, you know, that could... It, be the staff as, as well as residents. But yeah, what we went through with that, everyone went through in the nursing homes with the ISO, social isolation and, and all of that, being worried, being scared, not knowing how you were going to address things when, when people were dying from that variant that was out there. So so trauma is, is real. And, and we've all, I think, really lived through it, especially these last two, two years. Um, so this is an area that I think is extremely important. The behavioral health, again, there was that focus on really paying attention to the psychosocial disorders, making sure that that's identified in your facility assessment. Then who was going to be part of your QAPI? Um, it, was the, it was really making sure that nursing homes were starting to move beyond that. Just we're going to our quality assurance meeting, we're, we're reporting and then we're, we're doing follow-up, but we're not really showing how we made improvement or how we got to where we were going to go. So CMS wanted to see, you know, that whole QI process addressing QAPI, move from QA to QAPI and actually address those areas of performance improvement. And of course, the surveyors were educated on all of these updates that they needed to look at. So we are to the point now and why I wanted to bring some of this up again and, and kind of review this is this is where we were at. This is where surveyors are now. And you can see from this updated memo, COVID's going to be incorporated into everything that we do. It's going to be part of what we do. The immunizations are going to become something like the flu and pneumococcal where you have to educate staff, residents, family members, and continue that as part of your, your normal business and what you do moving forward. Now you can see that as we are all moving 
a little bit more away from COVID, incorporating that into our normal way of running your facility, that we're moving back to starting to look at all these things again. So you really need to to be thinking about those areas in your, your nursing home, as I said, making sure you're doing those risk assessments, that you're evaluating those areas of strengths and weaknesses in your own nursing homes with your QAPI, with those performance improvement areas, you know, doing those root cause analysis, putting uh, those PDSA cycles in place so that you're coming up with some true root causes of areas of weakness. Then you're putting interventions into place that are actually going to correct it at a system level. And just then evaluating how those performance improvement activities are moving forward. Again, you know, with the staffing issues and, and the staffing turnover and all of those things that we've dealt with and, and are continuing to deal with as we move forward, try to build staffing back up, you're going to have to educate that staff that has not been there before, that they don't understand how to move forward into these things. So all of these things that we have been doing that had been implemented in phase three, it's time to remember that, to get back to it, to start working with it. That's one of the reasons why we're here, why we're we're uh, here to work with all of you. Um, again, making sure that that infection control person, you have that person in place and that they are a valid and um, supportive person with your QAPI committee, because infection control is, is going to continue to be something that we're all looking at. And some of the qualifications, and this was phase three, what do they want to see with infection control? So all of these things that had been incorporated into phase three, you need to go back and relook at those, make sure that you had those in place. When I was looking at the updated guidance, I kind of went back to some of those previous, uh, I had to update myself on some of the things that were to be incorporated in phase two and phase three. And that's why I wanted to start off this webinar, just sharing that information with you. Now, I'm not going to go step by step, but this is QSO 2219 Nursing Home, went out June 29, 2022. Somebody doesn't have this, let me know, but you should. And you should be able to even, Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania, the Department of Health Message Board, I know you can go in there and pull it off because that's where I pull off everything that I, if I don't get it sent from CMS. Um, so, of course, you know, it's, it's really there is going to be revised surveyor guidance. And, you know, anytime that there's revised surveyor guidance, you want to make sure that you know what they're going to be looking at so that you can be ready. Um, okay. I, I might've said, I know the training was going to be available um, for them by September. And it looks like though, they're not going to do the non-compliance based on this new guidance until October 24th, 2022 according to the memo. So that gives everyone here time to understand what the new guidance is around and go into QSEP. And I also want to mention, as I go through this, as I said, you know, that's why you're here. That's why you're working with Quality Insights is we work with you on QAPI, QI processes, what you can put in place for these areas. We're moving forward. In fact, we're going to be having, uh, you'll all be notified, we're going to be having kind of a, 
Um, CMS also sort of modified our work and told the QIO where they want us moving over the next two, two and a half years, uh, because this current statement of work runs through November of 2024. So, you know, that's where we'll all be here for all of you working on these things. So they kind of updated where they want us to go. And it's very much in line with a lot of this new guidance the QAPI, um, incorporating infection control. We've had some nursing homes that CMS has said, we really want to make sure that you're working with these nursing homes as a priority because they may have had over the last two or three years, um, not during the suspended surveys, but even prior to that, they're looking back at who might've had some uh, ongoing deficiencies in abuse and neglect. Um, so uh, make sure that you're working with that. The whole focus on the substance use disorders, uh, we're doing a whole opioid project. We'll have the readmissions. We have the infection control. We'll be, of course, everything we do is incorporated with QI, um, QAPI. So, so that's what we're here for to help you through all this also. But anyway, with the phase two guidance where there was they're going to, in some of the education to the surveyors and what the surveyors were looking at is really going to enhance that oversight in those areas, the abuse and neglect, all those things that, you know, were part of that slide they, and are in the final rule for the phases, the admissions, your transfers, your discharges, that person-centered care, really looking at mental health, substance use disorders, all those things that we talked about. And then again, revisions are being made in there. And that's what I said about COVID is being incorporated. It's becoming part of what we're all going to do moving forward. And so as part of your facility assessment, as part of the policies and procedures you put into place, you're going to have to make sure that visitation um, can occur while preventing community-associated infection. And it's just, it's any emerging infectious disease that might come along. And that's, of course, part of this. We do education on that is, you know, with uh, making sure that you have those things in place, your emergency plan. Are you looking at cohorting safe visitor? How do you incorporate that to move even beyond COVID into all those other areas? And then the other changes in phase in, in addition to, to some updates, now I'm not going into, you all need to read though, because for you, it, it's comprehensive. You need to look at what's happening within the physical environment, the food and nutrition services, make sure that your, your dietary managers, your maintenance, um, your environmental services, everyone who's part of your QAPI, that they're familiar with the changes that are coming along and they can address it in each of their areas. For us today, because we have limited time, I'm going to focus strictly on the, in those areas that, you know, quality improvement, quality insights that we can really help you focus on. And again, moving into to phase three, that additional where you're starting to have the infection preventionist. And of course, highlighted by COVID, how important it is to have that person in place so that they can address those issues. And it's not, God love her, the poor D-O-N or A-D-O-N trying to do her job and be an infection preventionist and cover all those areas. So those are things that you really need to think about because I, I mean, my opinion, but I truly believe that then COVID's not the, the final uh, infectious disease that we're going to see moving forward. I did want to mention 
highlight, I highlighted the recommendations for the resident rooms. And the reason I did, of course, be aware, you know, that there, there were those requirements if you do construction or reconstruction. But one of the other things where if you, if you have the building that you have, you really need to think about, you know, the lessons that we learned during COVID, uh, making sure that residents in a room, you know, that it's set up in a way that you can prevent that transmission of infectious diseases. Those things that you all learned, make sure you take those lessons learned, things that you you learned and did well, and continue to incorporate them into what you're doing every day. Um, you know, and, and we all know can improve infection control by reducing the risk with having multiple residents in the same room, putting it into your plan. How am I going to make sure that I can isolate and quarantine residents if an, an, another infectious disease pops up or if that deadly variant of COVID comes along? Then there's the abuse and neglect. I want to mention that again, because I know surveyors are going to be paying more attention to that. So it's going to be really important. We talked about substance use disorder. There's a lot of focus on that from CMS. That's something that we do know. We're going to be talking about all of these areas too as we move forward with our opioid project and you know the naloxone, what you need to know, those non-farm interventions, um, all of that. So more to come on that. Resident rights, again, that now... I think where the updates with that is the revised guidance is going to be, you know, resident rights. They have the right to be have visitors. How do we do that while we protect them from infections? That's going to be another focus. As I said, some of these areas, pharmacy, please make sure that you're updated on them. You know, the psychotropic meds, when we're looking at adverse drug events, we will look at psychotropic meds. So that's something ongoing, but these are the areas and infection control. And I think I've talked about that and these, you know, pay attention. These are the things that you're going to want to make sure that you have in place and they're going to, to be reviewing, you know, th those F tags that came along with COVID <laughs> you're going to continue to see them. So you want to make sure that, that you're aware of them. And there are, as I said, there are some other things you need to be aware of that we're not going to focus on the arbitration and, and some, of, some of those things. And then I just really, because I want to leave a little bit of time in case there are questions, and I, I love to get feedback from all of you too about this, but the training resources, go to, it's in the memo, go to QCEP. Um, if you haven't already done that, go in, you can log in, uh, you can sign up, log in as a provider, you can get, see what surveyor training is so that you can be prepared. And, you know, they're going to get training on that long-term care, that software that they've talked about earlier, that's going to be forthcoming, but you want to make sure that you know what the surveyor is going to be looking for. Um, so your, your revised uh, appendix PP for your state operations manual, make sure you pull that off of the CMS website if you haven't already. Um, make sure you're going into the QSET website. Just make sure that you're prepared for all of these things that are coming along. It's, you have time to do it now. Um, make sure that it, it's a priority prior to October 24th. And then when you start to get surveys and then you, you get hit with, with deficiencies if you're not prepared. All right. So if you want to reach out to Penny directly, you can call her at Quality Insights. Her number is 1-800-642-8686. And then you enter the extension 7644. 
And you can also contact Penny via email at P-I-M-E-S at qualityinsights.org. Thank you for joining us today, Penny. And thank all of you for joining us. Thank you.